How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to the first ever Want to Talk Sports podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ryland Kelly. Thanks for joining us today. And uh, Kyle, how you doing? I'm doing pretty fantastic. I ran 14 miles this morning. Did two wow. loops around Lake Union. So what can I say? I got my own uh, sports accomplishments going on. Wow, that is that is very impressive. I was uh, I went to the gym today, but I did not run 14 miles. So dang well. Everybody, thanks for joining us today. Uh, we're going to talk some sports, have some fun. Should be a good time. First up, I think the biggest news right now, would you agree, is Carson Wentz officially got traded. I think everybody saw this coming, but traded to the Colts, I think this was the one destination that I saw most likely. It was kind of that or the Bears, but realistically, I think it makes sense for both teams. What do you think about the trade? I think the Colts just massively overpaid for one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. Carson Wentz had a 49.6 QBR last year. Twenty, I was 28th in the league. The only quarterbacks he was ahead of were Drew Locke, Cam Newton, Nick Mullins, Nick Foles, and Sam Darnold. What a righteous crew that is. The only thing I will say about this deal that the Colts might have gotten right is that Carson Wentz's best year uh, came was in with Frank Reich. Yeah, 2017 with Frank Reich. He had a 78.5 yep. QBR, um, and that was the year that the Eagles won the Super Bowl. But look, here's the thing about Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, even before he took this cliff dive, was already one of the more overrated quarterbacks in the NFL. The one year where he was a really good quarterback, his team ended up winning the Super Bowl with a backup with um, Nick Foles. Exactly. Yep. So he was he couldn't have really been that like key to their winning. So throughout his career, he's been a guy who's gotten way more credit than he deserves. And also, I just don't like his attitude. Getting benched in Philadelphia and uh, demanding that you want to demanding that basically um, you want to trade by saying that you're not going to be the backup on the first day of Jalen Hurts' career, basically. Jalen Hurts getting his first start just doesn't speak good teammate to me. So who knows? Maybe Frank Reich will get him back, but... I'm not liking the deal for the Colts. Yeah, I get that. I I think I do agree. I think they also overpaid. Uh, to everybody that doesn't know, they gave up a 2021 third-round pick, which they will be about the 18th pick in the third round, I believe. Uh, and they also gave up a 2022 second-round pick. But that 2022 second-round pick actually can become a first-round pick if Carson wants either start 75% of snaps for the team or – if he starts 70% of snaps uh, and they make the playoffs, it will also become a first-round pick. So I do agree. I think the price for not a great quarterback, as we've seen in the past couple of years, was a little bit steep. I think I think the reason, though, why they paid so much for him is I don't think the Colts really had too many other great options. Uh, with the 18th pick in the draft, maybe they could have hoped like a Mac Jones fell to them. But as we've seen in previous years, quarterbacks are getting drafted higher and higher. Those those fifth, fifth, fourth quarterbacks are moving up the draft boards. So I don't think Mac Jones probably would have fallen to them. The other options were maybe a Sam Darnold or a Nick Foles, who I think has now established himself as a perennial backup, should not be a starter in the league. I think it was the only option. I think with Frank Reich being there, he has a chance to – I don't think he'll ever be – ever be a great quarterback in the league, but I think he can be good. I, th I think the Colts will still be a contender with Carson Wentz at QB. What, 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 what can you see them going? You think they're still a playoff team? 
I think they're still a playoff team. They have a great defense. Um, they have a great O line. They have five decent receivers. None, none of them are. Um, yeah. all, none of them are top of the line, but they are five decent receivers. And I do think you bring up a good point about this being their only option. When you look at the other quarterbacks that were on the market or are on the market, Matthew Stafford, of course, was already traded to the Rams. Right. Um, Jared Goff was traded to the Lions. Deshaun Watson's not going to go to the Colts because the Texans have to be absolutely crazy to trade him. Yeah, they're not trading him in division. There's no chance. Exactly. Aaron Rodgers has been like kind of on the quasi market, but you would have to basically trade your entire organization to get Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, um, and the Packers would have to be crazy to trade Aaron Rodgers, even if they did draft Jordan Love in the first round last year. Exactly. I think so. I think the main question then becomes is Carson Wentz that much better than Jacoby Brissett? And Jacoby Brissett is a guy who, no, let, let's like, let's be, let's be frank here. He is like Nick Foles, a perennial backup, but he the is the best QB sneaker in the league, though. Let's just get that out there. Indeed. But he is a guy who had a pretty good year um last year wasn't yeah. wasn't knock your socks off i think a lot of or people two, two years ago two, two years, years ago, ago yeah, two years ago i think a lot of people were surprised when they signed philip rivers instead of going with Brissett. i don't know it just seems like a steep price and i'm not even going to give the eagles credit for anything here which they fired their super bowl winning coach they ruined carson wentz and their organization is an absolute dumpster fire so i'm not even going to give them <laughs> a grade <laughs> on this trade but yeah. i don't know it'll be interesting um, maybe with Frank Reich, Carson Wentz becomes the Carson Wentz of 2017, and the Colts go 13 and three or win the Super Bowl. But I'm not, um, I'm not buying it right now. Yeah, I think, I think the Colts will make the playoffs. Like you said, they have, I mean, they have a fantastic defense. First half of the year, they were the best defense in the league. Mm-hmm. They started giving up more points in the second half, but carried by Darius Leonard and a and DeForest Buckner, which was a great trade. For them, he was better than any first rounder they could have drafted. Tough for your Niners. We should have not traded DeForest Buckner. Yeah, we made some pretty bad moves this year. Go on. But Rocky Austin played good in the secondary. I think uh, they have very good defense. And I mean, they have the best O line in the league, in my opinion. Quentin Nelson is just an absolute mauler up front. I think if they can keep Carson Wentz protected and he can just manage a game, I think they'll make the playoffs. Jonathan Taylor showed that he's a dud they don't have great wide receivers they got ty hilton who's been good his whole career michael Pittman showed some signs of being good they got paris campbell who's fine they got jack doyle who's fine moali cox who's absolutely huge but yeah. i mean can't expect him to do too much as your third string tight end <laughs> but i i think they'll be a playoff team i i think they'll be yeah. good enough i think he'll manage the game uh, and I think Frank Frank Reich will help him with uh, the mental. I think it's been a big mental barrier for him more than anything. He showed he's had talent, but past couple of years have been pretty bad for him. The question is, is it worth trading a second and third round pick? And I think that second round pick is going to become a first round pick because I think he's right. going to play over 70% of snaps and he is going to make the playoffs. Is it worth doing that just to make the playoffs? You know? And I'm Yeah, not- I mean, they made, they made the playoffs this year. It's they could have used these picks to move up in the draft uh, and maybe get a rookie. But I think if you're taking a rookie, unless you're really confident, like sure. If you get Trevor Lawrence, maybe you can make the playoffs this year with a rookie quarterback, but it's, it's tough making the playoffs with a rookie quarterback. And so maybe they could have gone Sam Darnold. Cause I think he's actually pretty talented, but been on and well, he's been with Adam Gay. So you can't expect too much. <laughs> 
I think they overpaid, but I think it was the best player they could have gotten right now. Yeah. Not so many great options. Yeah, they're, but I'm not one of those guys who's buying the whole, oh, the Colts are Super Bowl contenders now. I mean, when you look at the AFC, you got the Chiefs, you got the Browns, the Bills with Josh Allen, who, by the way— I think the Browns are Super Bowl contenders? I do think the Browns are Super Bowl contenders. You think they, Baker Mayfield can get them there? Yes, if Baker Mayfield can get him there. But I think that entire mm. team, especially if Odell comes back healthy, that entire team is going to become – is which is already a young team, is going to come back with one more year of experience. Um, I think it's very likely that Odell gets traded this offseason. And if they trade him, that means they can trade him for more pieces to help the – Yeah, that's true. Except um, I, I have a feeling he I could see him getting traded for like a second-round pick right now. Uh, yeah. After all the injuries, he, he's been injured. He's getting a little bit older, and Baker Mayfield's been better without him than with yeah. him. When they try to force him the ball, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. that hasn't worked out too well for him. But I think my point is is that especially when it comes to their wide receivers, they're going to have to keep on building this team. That this is not a finished right. product. This is not a team right now that I think is that much better than the team they had last year because I think Carson Wentz is actually a downgrade from Phillip Rivers. So I do agree with you there. So they're going to have to keep on building this team. Carson Wentz and Frank Reich better have started working today on uh, getting this offense ready and getting ready for the next season. Anyway, to switch to some more NFL news, J.J. Watt, of course, as we all know, asked for his release from the Houston Texans. I think J.J. Watt wants to go to a Super Bowl contender, and I think if Big Ben comes back, (laughs) maybe the Steelers are a Super Bowl contender, but Big Ben currently has a noodle arm. Uh, He is like... 45 basically and cannot lead an offense to the Super Bowl at this point sure maybe it'd be cool if he joined his brother actually I think is Derek Watt on the Steelers too is he their fullback right now yeah he is okay that that would be pretty cool but I think it's more likely that we see him going to the Browns or the Bills I think I think the Bills is where I see him going it's a it's a good defense already but they could use a little bit more pass rush uh, they got a great secondary with Tredavious White. Obviously, Josh Allen took a step from 58% completion percentage to over 70% this year. He took a massive step. He obviously didn't win MVP because Aaron Rodgers, uh, I hate Aaron Rodgers, had a great season. But Josh Allen showed that he can be a stud in this league. And I think Stephon Diggs was one of the most underrated trades we've seen in a long time. He was a stud for the Bills. All I'm saying is that if J.J. Watt goes to the Browns, his mom, and I heard Stephen A. Smith say this on first take, his mom <laughs> is going to have to call a family meeting and nix that entire plan. Because come on, man, you can't sign with the rival of your Indivision. mothers. Indivision. Yeah. That's, that's just bad juju, bro. I mean, like, you either got to go to the Steelers or I agree with you. You should go to the Bills where he has a chance to win a championship. He should not go to the Buccaneers. Any, anybody who's talking about that, Oh, like, that would just be, yeah. I would lose a lot of respect for JJ Watt if he went to the Buccaneers. If he went to the Buccaneers, I would, I think they would have to, they would have to clear some cap space elsewhere because mm-hmm. that team's definitely tight on cap right now. Uh, so I don't really see him going there and why can't Tom Brady just retire? But yeah, I, I, I think he'll go to the bills, but I, I think he'll go to a Super Bowl contender, but I, I do think it's very interesting that he asked for a release. I think, I think this is just a sign of the times for the Texans. Deshaun Watson obviously asking for a trade and continuously being denied that. I don't know if I can see Deshaun Watson staying on that team or at least playing for them this year. He's got he's got no weapons. They they traded away the best receiver in the league or one of them last year. Just that that pissed him off first, and then 
they've just continuously made bad trades and just screwed that team. Bill yeah. O'Brien just drove that team into the ground. And <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't see Deshaun Watson staying on the, on the Texans next year. And I think JJ Watts is kind of a sign of that. Yeah. And if he is on the Texans, he's probably going to hold out the two right. organizations that really are just the burning dumpster fires of the league right now. Uh, maybe three, even though I like Robert Sala on the Jets, so I'll give the Jets the benefit of the doubt. But the two organizations that are the dumpster fires of the league right now are the Eagles and the Texans. And at least the I, Eagles have a Super Bowl in the last <laughs> three or four years, whereas the Texans, they, they just suck. They've had some misses on the draft. Jadavion Clowney, number one overall. Yeah, he's a good player. Not number one. A little bit of a wasted pick there. They could have gotten a QB. I mean, I guess they got their QB into Sean Watson, but clearly he wants out. So that's that's tough for Texans fans. I feel for you. Yeah. I mean, not fun. you literally had your franchise quarterback. Deshaun Watson, in my opinion, is on Josh Allen's level and right beneath Patrick Mahomes' level. Deshaun Watson is yeah. legit. He's absolutely legit. He's a winner. He's a great in the locker room, incredible yeah. quarterback. And you made that guy mad enough that he wants to leave. Like you Exactly. I think, I think Deshaun Watson's a top five quarterback in the league. Yeah, maybe that's a hot take, but I don't think so. He's he's crazy. Ever since he he made that play against the Bills in the playoffs two years ago, where he got hit from both sides, spun out, and threw it twenty yards down the field to kick the field goal to win. Crazy, <laughs> crazy. He's he's great, but yeah, they really they really drove that team into the ground, which is sad to see. Exactly, and the Texans. If I were the Texans, I wouldn't trade him. I would not trade Deshaun Watson. No matter how long he holds out, he has to eventually come back. You can't lose a guy like that unless someone's yeah. going to trade you three first-round picks plus an NFL-ready star for that guy. Yeah, exactly. They got to get they got to get the farm for him, or they just got to hold on to him. And some other news: uh, we'll move on to the NBA right now. In the past couple days ago, we saw the NBA All Stars announced. What do you think about those? You saw those lists. I did. I did indeed. I have three um, main reactions besides the fact that they shouldn't even be having an all-star game this year, but that's, I do. I do agree with that. Yeah. It just seems like a money, money grab. There's already so many games getting postponed because of COVID. It doesn't seem mm -hmm. like worth the risk, but anyway, as we go along with the uh, fact that there will be an all-star game, first off, Kyrie Irving should not be an all-star starter. Absolutely. He has not. He has missed so many games. I don't care what his stats are. His stats are impressive, but he has missed so many games. He should not be an all-star starter. Dame Lillard should have been starting over Luka Doncic. Um, Luka Doncic even admitted that openly today. They asked him, and he said, Dame deserved it more than me. Damian Lillard is having an incredible season, and he's keeping the Blazers in the playoff race. 18 um, and 10. They're now number four in the West. They're exactly. tied with the Suns, four, four and five in the West. Yeah. Mm -hmm. he he in my opinion is second in the mvp race right now and then also i just wanted to put this out there bradley beal is so overrated like oh my gosh i'm not saying that he doesn't deserve to be a starter in the all-star game but the dude has never won by himself the dude's got russell westbrook on his team and his team's still nine and 17 i believe last time i checked winning has to come into the formula at some point and bradley beal has consistently proven that when he has his own team the team does not win Look, he's an incredible scorer. I'm cool with that. Does Is he the main reason that the Wizards suck? No, he's not the main reason the Wizards suck. But I'm done with all this. Bradley Beal is one of the best players in the game talk. He's a good scorer. 
but that's that's pretty much it. He needs to go somewhere else with another guy if he wants to win a championship. That's my hot take. Okay, well, that's true. He's never going to win a championship with the Wizards. Russell Westbrook, he's a great player. He's not helping that team, though, at all. He shoots the ball too many times, takes too many threes when he can't shoot threes anymore, and then it just all goes on Beal's shoulders. Beal is one of the best scorers in the league. That's just kind of a fact. He's averaging 32. Mm -hmm. He's not really a stud on defense or anything, and he has nobody around him. I mean – Rui Achimura is fine. He's a good player. Thomas Bryant got injured and been out the whole season after like the second week. He's really got nobody with him. And I think he definitely deserves to be an all-star starter. But yeah, I think if he went to somewhere like the Mavericks or something like that, where he paired him, pair him with Luca and pair him with Porzingis, I think that could be a, a good, good match. But yeah, he, he definitely won't get a championship uh, with the Wizards. I, I do think, I do think Dame got snubbed. Obviously, he'll be an all-star. Yeah, he, he should have been a starter over Luca. One of my friends was livid a couple days ago. He was he was so angry. He was trying to actually argue Dame over Steph. And we were like, dude, like, no. Steph deserves to be a starter. But, like, Luca probably doesn't. He's averaging 20, 29.8, 4.4 rebounds a game, and 7.7 assists per game. I mean, especially with CJ out. And yeah. Nurkic has been out, too, for most of the season, I believe. He's pretty much carrying that team, and he's got them in good position for the playoffs right now. They might not have to play the Lakers, actually. This is a good segue into talks about MVP. So, Ryland, who do you think is the MVP of the league right now? LeBron should have been the MVP for the past 12 years in a row. Stats, sure. Russell Westbrook averaged a triple-double. That's fine. Of course they didn't win, do well in the playoffs. James Harden averaged like 35 points a game. Of course, they choke to the Warriors. Giannis is really good and can dunk the ball a lot of times in the game. That's cool. LeBron is the best player in the NBA, and he is the best player on his team and the most valuable player to his team every single year. And there's just – I don't think you can really debate that. He's averaging 26 points per game. He's averaging 8.2 rebounds a game. And he's averaging 7.9 assists per game. LeBron just – carries like when he was on the Cavs he literally carried a trash Cavs team to the playoffs like five years in a row LeBron is the MVP but people just don't want to give it to him every year yeah I would normally agree with you I think that there's two years where there's an exception and that's when Steph Curry won the MVP on a 73 yeah okay a Warriors fan would say that and then the year before that when they won the NBA finals what I will say this year is that Steph Curry is should be the unanimous MVP again. When you look at the fact that it's just basically him, Draymond Green, who let's be honest, is besides the fact that he can pass, is like garbage. And then, and then I love Draymond, but I will admit that the dude's not good right now. He's averaging five, five, and eight, so he's got a good good assist numbers, but the dude can't shoot into like an open pool. As far as the rest of the team, it's all just a bunch of G-leaguers and reclamation projects. And right now, Steph Curry's got that team in the playoffs with a winning record, 16-14. and 14. And the dude's absolutely been carrying. He's averaging five three-pointers a game. He's averaging 30 points a game, 5.4 rebounds, 6.2 assists. He's been playing defense. He's got 1.2 steals. And, let's, and just by the eye test, as a Warriors fan, as someone who watches Warriors games, when Steph Curry's out of the game, I sit there and I bite my nails because I know the Warriors are at least going to lose 10 points to the other team. That's just the way it is. Our bench is absolutely god-awful. 
And until we get James Wiseman back and Kevon Looney back, our top, like our tallest guy is six foot eight, which means we can't rebound against anyone. Yet somehow we're still 16 and 14 and we're still in the playoffs all because of Steph Curry. Yes, LeBron James is the best player in the world. I will 100% agree with you on that. But this year, the Lakers would be good without LeBron James. I mean, they have Anthony Davis, they have Dennis Schroeder, they have Montrez Harrell, they have Marcus Gasol. Their team's stacked, right? And let's be honest, the Lakers are just coasting to the playoffs anyway. They had a short offseason. They're just trying to make it to the playoffs, and they're just going to go to the playoffs and just destroy everyone. At least that's my opinion. Yeah, and then LeBron's going to carry them to a finals and win another finals. Oh, yes. So he's the finals MVP. That doesn't make him the season MVP. He is um, the league MVP. No, he does not make him the season MVP this year. I agree LeBron should have four or five more MVPs than he has, especially in 2018 with the Cavs where he took a team where his second best player was a hurt Kevin Love to the NBA Finals. But mm-hmm. <laughs> but Steph Curry this year, what he's doing with this Warriors team, the only player that is comparable to me this year is Dame Lillard because what Dame Lillard's doing with the with the Blazers but I think that Dame Lillard has more weapons on that Blazers team with Ennis Cantor, with CJ when he's not hurt, than the Warriors do right now with their second best player being Draymond Green and their third best player being Andrew Wiggins. Like, listen to that. Listen to that for a second. Our third best uh, player is Andrew Wiggins. Our second go-to guy is Andrew Wiggins. Wiggins of Andrew. Literally one of the uh, busts in NBA history. I'm, I'm going to have to disagree with you here. See, I... Steph's obviously having a great season, but I think you hit it on the head. If you're going to argue Steph is the MVP, I think I think Dame is what Dame has done is more impressive than than what Steph has done. Because I actually think the Warriors have a better team backing up Steph. Sure, Andrew Wiggins hasn't played amazing or anything, but he's still fine. He'll put up he'll put up 10, 15 points a game. Kelly Oubre will put up won't make any threes, but he'll put up 10 <laughs> points a game. Draymond Green is fine on defense. These aren't bad players. Draymond Green was an all-star, obviously. No shot anymore. But, like, he has an okay team around him. Dame, without CJ and without Nurkic, has NS Cantor, who's fine. Like, he's a good player. He's But he's a backup center. He's been a backup center a lot of his career. Bro, NS Cantor Cantor is averaging 11 and 11 this year. Yeah, I mean, he gets rebounds and he puts up 10 points. Like, that, that's good. It's not, like, amazing, though. Dame is still having to, to carry the points without CJ. They got, they got like, a 35-year-old Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> to be fair, Carmelo's actually been impressive this year. Carmelo's been better than, better than people gave him credit for. But then he's got Gary Trent. I think if you're going to argue Steph is the MVP, then I think I, think I would put Dame over Steph. And we're we're also forgetting about Joel Embiid too. Yeah, but Joel Embiid has Ben Simmons, and I think a lot of people knew that once you got Bruce um, Brent Brown, one of the most overrated coaches in NBA history, out of that locker room and put Doc Rivers in there, that that team was going to be good. No, no, need to Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is having a great season, but but just listen here, listen here. So you got okay. Steph Curry. I'm going to read the top points getters for the Warriors and for the Blazers. You got Steph Curry, 30 points a game, stud, MVP. Andrew Wiggins is averaging averaging 17.7 points per game, but the dude can't do anything unless you give him four dribbles and the chance to take a mid-range jump shot. He's like – All he needs. That's perfect. 17 points a game, that's good. I know, but he's the definition of non-efficiency. Andrew Wiggins is, is painful to watch. 
Kelly Oubre has got 14.2 points per game. Um, and the mm-hmm. dude's shooting 30% from three point. That's better than when he was shooting 10%, but still, dude can't shoot into <laughs> an open bucket of water. James Wiseman's been hurt for the last 10 games. Eric Pascal's good, but he's a second round pick. He's averaging 10 points per game. And then listen to the rest of these dudes. All right. Kent Bazemore, washed. Juan Descano Anderson, who? Marquise Chris, broken leg. Damian Lee, literally only on the team because he's married to Steph Curry's sister. Jordan Poole in the G League. Draymond Green, the dude can't do anything but pass. Brad Wanamaker. The man's the commentator more than he is an NBA player anymore. Yeah, exactly. He's a a broadcaster, basically. Exactly. Brad Wanamaker, the definition of a third-string point guard. Okay, Michael Mulder's kind of saucy. I'm not going to lie. He comes in and just shoots corner threes all day. Dude, they need to bring up Nico Mannion, dude. The Red Mamba is nasty with it. Bring him up from the G League. I know. I honestly agree. I don't know why this dude's in the G League right now when our second-best shooter's Andrew Wiggins. But anyway, on the other end, C.J. McCollum still played half the games this year, and this dude's averaging 26.7 points per game. Gary Trent sure. averaging 15 points per game. We already know he's good. He went off in the bubble. Less than Andrew Wiggins. Carmelo Keep Anthony. in mind. Yeah, but he's more efficient. Carmelo Anthony is a future Hall of Famer. Ennis Cantor is having one of the more... Whoa, whoa, whoa. How many points is Carmelo averaging a game? He's averaging 13.3 points per game. Okay, less than Kelly Oubre. Yeah, but his three-point percentage is 37.7%, so he's not an absolute thud. Not that much better. I mean, it's a a fair amount better. Oubre didn't make a three the first, like, five games, so that, that... Tanked it a bit. Yeah, and the only threes he makes now are just wide open ones in garbage time. Ennis Cantor is averaging 11 and 11. Honestly, a, just a super underrated season. I think he's top 40 in the league right now. 11 and 11. He's averaging 4.1 offensive rebounds a game. An absolute beast. Yusuf Nurkic has still played 12 games this year. Robert Covington is one of the more underrated players in the game. He gets you everything. Like, I'm not saying that Dame Lillard's supporting cast is like a bunch of studs. I understand what Dame Miller is doing is very, very impressive. I just think that his supporting cast is better and more experienced than what Steph's got with the Warriors. All right. I mean, that's fair. I think both of them don't really have a lot to work with right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fair. But I think we can all agree, everybody listening to, I mean, LeBron is obviously the MVP. <laughs> but I, I, th- I think we got I think we got to move on. Uh, do you think the Jazz are legit? They're hosting the best record in the NBA in the West, too. They have better record than the Lakers, the Clippers, the best team in the league, the Suns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you think? You think you can see them making a playoff run? Can they make a championship push? So before I say this, I want to say that in the playoffs, they should get thrashed by the Lakers. If LeBron and Anthony Davis are healthy with that supporting cast, the Lakers are still the prohibitive favorites. And I'm not yeah. buying the Nets train. We can talk about that too if you want. But as far as the regular season goes, this team has been by far the best team in the NBA. They have nine game win streak right now. Yeah. um, They lost to the Clippers last night, but. Oh, they did lose last night. You're right. Yeah, they did. They have six. It was on the road though. Um, They have six guys who are in double figures. They have three guys shooting over 40% from three, but where really their bread is buttered or their bread is absolutely buttered is on defense. Right now they have the second best defensive rating in the league to the Lakers um, they allow the third most points in the league. Surprisingly, do you know who uh, allows them the uh, fewest points in the league? It's the New York Knicks, surprisingly. Who would have thought? Um, they defend the, Knicks, the hell out really? of 
Yes, they defend the hell out of the three. And honestly, the reason that they're third in points allowed is because they're playing a little bit of that seven seconds or less style with all their three-point shooters right now. They're mm -hmm. deep. They got Donovan Mitchell, who I think is one of the more underrated players in the game. He should honestly be starting over Luka, in my opinion. Really? If doesn't exist. Yeah, I think he's better than Luka this year. Jordan Clarkson right now is having an underratedly incredible season. I know some people think he might be. Yeah. I think that's a stretch. Mike Conley. I think that's a stretch. Yeah. Mike Conley's great. Yeah. Go Mike, Bear, obviously. Yeah. They just have a bunch of dudes. And Royce, Royce mm -hmm. O'Neal is one of the best defenders in the game right now. Derek Favors is an incredible big man. They're, they're don't forget about Bogdan. Oh no! Don't don't forget about Bohan Bogdanovic. Uh, that's another guy who has been a very underrated player throughout his career as well. Just a great scorer. A man goes about his business. He was when he was on the Pacers a couple of years ago. He almost led the Pacers to beating that LeBron Cavs team, who granted sucked, but I mean they, they were terrible. Them. But it was LeBron. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the the Jazz are good. They, like you said, they are super deep they can be playing like almost 10 men deep and feel good about all the people on the floor you got we forgot about jingles too joe ingles is <laughs> joe ingles has got a nasty euro step <laughs> the slowest man on the floor somehow will take you out of your sock but yeah it's a good team i don't know if they'll end up finishing with the best record in the league but i think they'll finish with the top three seed i can't see them beating the lakers do i think they could they could make it to the the conference championship though i could see yeah. them maybe taking down the clippers team we still haven't really seen the clippers team perform good in playoffs so i'm not sure how i feel about them suns suns are dynamic they might they might make a championship push but uh stop it with the suns oh yeah i i can i can see them making a good playoff run but i don't think like you said if lebron and anthony davis are healthy that is a that's a disgusting lakers team to try to get past yeah they're better than they were last year um, they are better. Adding but, Montrose Harrell and Dennis Schroeder. Yeah. But I think they will have the best record in the NBA by the end of the season, um, if not the NBA in the West, just because I think right. the Lakers and the Clippers are both teams that are going to kind of coast, try and just yeah. get second and third seeds. Um, and then also no one wants to go to Utah and play. People, it, Utah is an underratedly tough place to play because of the altitude. True. Uh, Denver's the toughest, obviously, because they're at a mile high. But I think Salt Lake City is at like 3,000 feet. So it's definitely something that sneaks up on you. It's a tough place to play. They're one of the only arenas that has a really large fan presence. I believe they allow half their fans into the game. They've been a tough place to play ever since the Carl Malone era. I, watching that Jordan documentary, I remember them just talking about how difficult it was going into that jazz team. Yeah, it's definitely, they got a good fan base. They got a good team. There's someone to look out for. I mean, maybe they could make an upset over the Lakers. Definitely a great team right now. Let's uh, switch a little bit to my favorite sport. Pitchers and catchers reported earlier this week. The greatest words in the English language. Pitchers and catchers report. My Giants are back in camp. Brought back a lot of the squad. I'm excited to see Mike Yastrzemski continue to build his case to be a top 20 player in the league. Johnny Cueto, I need more out of you. You're in your sixth year of a massive contract. I'm excited. Buster Posey's back. Are we going to beat the Dodgers? Probably not. But I'm excited to see the I'm excited to see the Giants back in camp, um, and Trevor Bauer, I hate you. It's not my fault the Mariners have made the playoffs like once since I've been alive. But hey, Kyle Lewis, one rookie of the year, so maybe maybe there's a little bit of hope. But I think the Mariners fans say that every single year, and it <laughs> doesn't really end up panning out into anything. Any sports is a good news for me. It's it's good to see them getting back on 
getting back into spring training. Um, Dodgers looking to go back to back. They're coming off that championship and they're just getting better. This year, they have one of the highest over-under win totals in MLB history with 104. If anybody is a gambler, I'm just saying every other team that's ever had uh, over-under over 100 has gone under. But I'm not saying I'm not saying trust me with your money. I, I think that Dodgers team is going to be tough to get past. But... Yeah, I think that it's a pretty safe bet that Dodgers win the division. I mean, the Padres are good. I'm not a huge buyer on the Padres rotation. I know that they got a bunch of guys this year. I know they have Hugh Darvish, Blake Snell, Joe Musgrove, um, Nelson Lamette, and Chris Paddock. Chris Paddock has been a guy who's always been hypothetically really good. He's been a top prospect. He's never been a top pitcher in the game so far in his career, and I'm not saying he can't take that jump this year. Lamette had a great year last year, but Darvish and Snell are both former Cy Young Award winners, but Darvish had one good year last year after two or three rough years, and Blake Snell... I mean, he had a good year last year. He struggled the year before. The year before was his Cy Young season. And he had a good playoffs, but he's not on the same level as those guys the Dodgers got. I mean, when the Dodgers are rolling out Clayton Kershaw, the greatest pitcher of our generation, Walker Buehler, a future Cy Young Award winner, Trevor Bauer, a guy who just won the Cy Young, David Price, Mm -hmm. who I think is on the same level as you, Darvish, who has won a Cy Young before in his career, and then Julio Urias, who just closed out the World Series for the Dodgers, had an incredible World Series that team's going to be impossible to beat, and their lineups yeah. brought back Justin Turner, and they have Mookie Bed. That's that's going to be a tough team to get past. But hey, eh, with MLB comes springtime. It'll be it'll be good to hopefully stadiums open up and people can get into the stadiums, go catch go catch a Mariners game. <laughs> we got a lot of a lot of big sports happening right now with Champions League actually starting up this past week. Saw a couple of pretty big upsets. First of all, we saw. Juventus lost to Porto two to one. That Juventus team just didn't look like they came to play. Ronaldo, you expect a lot out of any team Ronaldo's on, and they dropped the first one. They'll play again in March for the second leg. Maybe they can tie it up and move on or win and move on. Yeah, that was definitely a big upset for sure. Maybe not as big of an upset, both great teams, but PSG beat Barca 4-1. It's definitely an upset just because of that's hard to come back from. And that second leg they're going to play in March, coming back from a three-goal three, three goal deficit is going to be nearly impossible. Mbappe played out of his mind getting a hat trick to push them ahead. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely pretty crazy. To all my, all my tennis fans out there, we saw, we saw another big upset there with uh, Sitsipas beating Rafa Nadal, Stefano Sitsipas, 22. He's the youngest player ever to get ranked inside the top 10, and now he's ranked inside the top five. Sadly, I wanted to see him win it all. He lost to Medvedev uh, just yesterday. If it's not Naomi Osaka, I don't want to hear about it. Naomi Osaka is the future of women's tennis. She's an absolute savage, 24 years old. Already has two Australian Open championships to go along with her two U.S. Open championships. She's taking the mantle from Serena. This is definitely a uh, Kobe-MJ moment or a LeBron-Kobe moment. She's a stud, just won today in straight sets to win that uh, Australian Open. She's really good. Taking down Serena. Serena's a little bit lower in the rankings than she's been, obviously, in years past. She's been number one in the world for the past forever. But she's now ranked 10, so she came in as not the favorite in that match. Yeah, Yeah, definitely a little bit of a passing of the torch. Exactly. It's what should have happened at the Super Bowl this year. 
Mahomes uh, should have beaten Brady, and we should have seen the Mahomes. passing torch. <laughs> and Brady should have retired, and all would have been right in the world. Djokovic plays uh, Medvedev in the finals, I believe, in the next day or so. Uh, that'll be a good good match, but I I think the likely outcome is Djokovic pulls it out like like usual. He is a killer in the Australian Open. Djokovic going for his ninth Australian Open championship. The uh, next closest competitor is Roger Federer. He has seven, I mean, sorry, he has six Australian Open championships. So this would put him three ahead of the next all time. I mean, let's be honest, Djokovic is one of the greatest tennis players of all time. He's won for his third straight Australian Open. So I would expect Djokovic to beat Megvedev, but the thing about tennis is that you always have that guard. You always have that group that you kind of expect to win everything. And every once in a while, someone knocks them off. But usually it's that guard. For the last 10 years in tennis, it's pretty much been Djokovic, Nadal. Federer and Nadal. Um, Yep, they've they've dominated the sport for a long time. Yeah, thought we might see a passing of the torch, and maybe we do a little bit. We're seeing that younger generation with Medvedev and Sitsipas start to really move up into that top five and really be dominant, taking down players like Nadal. That's going to be a fun match, though, hopefully. Hopefully it's not straight sets. Hopefully it's a good match and uh, should be fun to watch. It's time to move on to our second and final segment of the podcast, and that is our prediction segment. I'm very excited for this. A little bit of friendly competition here. Should be fun to keep track of this over time. Considering the time of year that we are in, our predictions are pretty are going to be pretty heavily based on uh, basketball and the NBA, but we do have sure. a couple of surprises in here. As we, we, got a cu- we got a couple of mix-ups. Exactly, exactly. So let's get started with Ryland's Phoenix Suns versus the Pacific Northwest's Portland Trailblazers. So Ryland, I'll let, I'll let you start on this one. I for sure think that the Suns are winning this game. I think they've been one of the better defensive teams in the league. Chris Paul has been clutch in the fourth quarter. The only issue I have is they tend to pull ahead and then they tend to choke leads in the fourth quarter like they just did a couple of days ago. Young team. To the Nets. Mm-hmm. The the Nets are one of the best teams in the fourth quarter. Maybe not maybe even the best team in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I'm taking the Suns, of course. My Suns. What about you? There you go. This game is on Monday at nine PM Eastern, by the way. I'm gonna have to go with the Suns too, as much as I want to disagree with you. Damian Lillard's playing with, as we talked about earlier, pretty uh, beat up cast. A pretty beat up cast. The Suns look like um they're gonna they're one of the future teams of the league especially if Chris Paul can exert some of that veteran knowledge on Devin Booker, which I think is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, DeAndre Ayton is not to be slept on as well. I think DeAndre Ayton's a future all-star. I'm going to go with the Phoenix Suns in that one. Mavericks and Celtics, 7.30 Eastern on Tuesday. Both teams are underperforming this year. Despite the fact the Celtics are underperforming, I think the Celtics are a better overall team. The Mavericks are basically just Luka Doncic and a bunch of dudes who don't know how to play in their role. And so I'm going to go with the Celtics. I like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown as a duo. I think the Celtics, I do agree. Celtics are a better, more well-rounded team. They got Jalen Brown. They got Marcus Smart. They got Jason Tatum. They're a good team. Jason Tatum is a star. Jalen Brown has been outstanding this year. But I think Luka, Luka is not to be slept on. Luka's, I mean, all-star starter. Maybe, maybe he shouldn't have been, but... He's one of the better players in the league. He's probably the top player under 25 right now. He is a stud. Kristaps uh, Porzingis is obviously a good role player on the team. They got players like Tim Hardaway, 
who's good. He can he can drop twenty points in a game. But they do not have much defense. But I think think the Mavericks might actually sneak this one out. I, I expect them to be the underdog in this game. I expect the Celtics to get a few points here uh, in the betting lines. I think the Mavericks might even sneak out the win. Lakers and Jazz, marquee matchup in the NBA. Yeah, this should be a good one. Exactly. I'm going to go on this one. I think it's pretty obvious. It's going to be the Jazz in this one because Anthony Davis is hurt. That's really the only yep. reason. And also, this game is going to mean a lot more to the Jazz than it's going to mean to the Lakers because the Jazz are trying to prove something and the Lakers are just kind of like, eh, you know. Lakers know they're getting to the playoffs, yeah. Exactly. So, uh, with the Jazz. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you there. I think uh, without Anthony Davis and Dennis Schroeder's been out the past couple of games, LeBron can win any game, but I think the Jazz want it and need it more. LeBron knows he's going to get a top three seed once Anthony Davis and them are back. They'll they'll win their games. I think the Jazz pulled this one out. I expect it to be a close game, though. I think LeBron yeah. keeps that game close. That game, by the way, is at 10 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday. Uh, we move on to uh, the best team in the NBA. <laughs> Joking. The Pacers. Nah, the Warriors against the Pacers. Oh, oh, oh. That's and- right. As a Bay Area kid and someone who has idolized Steph Curry, I have to go with the Warriors on this one just because I think that the Warriors have some – the Warriors are going to have Wiseman back. Hopefully they're going to have Looney back. I think the Pacers are underperforming as well. I think the Warriors just – they're just a gutsy team, man. They're going to beat Charlotte tonight. They're going to have a good road trip, and we're going to be a top-five seed in the West. I'm going to have to disagree with you on this one. Maybe it's just because you're picking your own team, but uh, I think Sabonis has been playing great this year. I think that Pacers team has, like, maybe not any true superstar, but I think they got a lot of good depth on that team. And I think we talked about the Warriors are kind of the opposite. They're very top-heavy with Steph Curry and then got a little – it gets pretty lackluster going down. So I think it'll be a good game, uh, but I think the Pacers might be able to sneak this one out. D3 men's volleyball, the Milwaukee School of Engineering versus Wisconsin Lutheran, 7 Eastern on Monday – can't wait to witness that one. What do you think, Rylan? Oh, it's gonna it's gonna be a great uh, great matchup. I think Milwaukee School of Engineering they got those angles down. They got the angles on point. They know where to hit the ball. I mean, you can't mess with a bunch of engineers, dude. I, I think they're gonna sneak this one out. I, it should be a good competitive game. I gotta go with my engineering boys. Oh shoot, Rylan! How you underestimate the power of God. Wisconsin Lutheran mm. has God on their side. They're a Lutheran school, and God will not let them lose to a bunch of ragtag engineers. We're going with Wisconsin Lutheran because God will be on their side. Okay, okay. I see how that is. We got our own Seattle Pacific University coming up against Northwest Nazarene in some men's basketball on Friday. And I think we both know what's going to happen here. Seattle Pacific's been good this year. They've taken a couple losses, but for the most part, they've been they've been beating teams pretty good. I think they continue that, and I think we get another win here. I've been to the Northwest Nazarene campus, and let me tell you, the last place that you want to be is in Idaho in February, which is why I believe that the West Coast is superior. I'm going with SPU also because I, I go here and, you know. Go Falks. Go Falks. I think we should have a football team. That's just me. That would be fun. That would be a good time. 
Indeed. I don't know where we'd get a stadium in Seattle, but hey, maybe use U Dubs or use the Seahawks Stadium. That'd be pretty sick. We could get we could fill the Seahawks Stadium at one percent capacity. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, hope it was a good time. Hope it was fun. Anyway, peace out, folks. We'll see you next week.